to the audio event of the century, featuring two lifelong best friends. We love the Leafs. We love each other. But most of all, we love William Nylander. Welcome to the Buds All Day Podcast. Hello and welcome to a... Rather depressed edition of the uh, Buds All Day podcast. I'm Sats Mundine here with Lebda's Legacy. How's it going, everyone? And uh, since we weren't able to do a game recap podcast on Friday night after the Sharks game, we're just kind of going to double down today. So we're going to review a bit of the uh, the 5-3 loss to the Sharks and the 7-1 loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins. But I think this is kind of going to be a little bit less of a game reaction, more of a kind of total trends and just kind of how we're feeling about the lease, maybe a little panic meter podcast. So Lebda, I'll let you start off. How are you feeling right now? I mean, not great. I don't think there's anything else to really feel at this point, even if you know, you're not total doom and gloom, like a lot of Leafs Twitter is, you still can't really feel great about this. Um, pretty lackluster start to the season. I know there maybe is some factors, but we're definitely, you know, carrying on a very worrying trend with this team right now. Yeah, the the numbers as a whole, the expected goals, that kind of stuff, we'll get into that a bit more later, but they haven't been terrible. Last night was their their very worst game for the Leafs and and if we I know I got I got basically raked over the coals by some people on Twitter on Friday for posting the the deserve to win meter which had the Leafs at about 80% for that Sharks game and I said, "Listen, they keep playing like this, the results are going to turn, things will be fine, there's some things to fix, but that loss was mostly chalked up to goaltending, but you get into last night's game, that is, I mean, it did turn with, with a brutal goal by Jack Campbell to kind of deflate the team when they were playing well, but we we're kind of seeing what our biggest fear is with this Leafs team, and that is the, the mental side of the game. We know this team has the talent, but last night the game, you know, Spezza doing what Spezza does, kind of waking the team up, scores a goal immediately after Pittsburgh did uh, to open the game, and then it was 1-1. And then the Leafs are pressing. I think they outshot Pittsburgh 12-1 to before that second Pittsburgh goal. And then Campbell just allows a shitty wraparound goal. Muzzin kind of gets walked on it. And from there, the Leafs just folded like a cheap lawn chair. Yeah, this weekend really had a big, you know, game 6-7 feeling to me as the Leafs were. There's just, I don't understand what it takes to get into these guys' heads. But for whatever reason, they just, I don't know if they're getting in their own way. or They just can't come out and play. I, I do not understand it. It doesn't make sense. I mean, clearly, like, clearly this team is a good hockey team in my mind. We look at that Rangers game. Like, they kicked the, you know, crap out of the Rangers. Didn't get the result. That one, you chalk up 100% to goaltending. We already talked about it. And then they come into San Jose, and, like, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's bad luck or if they're, again, they're just getting in their way. But they just can't elevate that one step. They're one, like they're one step away, and then Pittsburgh is just a complete write-off. There's, I don't know, there's no excuse for that. It again, it just shows, you know, how poor, 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 poor that our guys at the top end are mentally right now, or just in general as hockey players. And I, I don't know, I don't know what the answer necessarily is. Like Babcock couldn't reach these guys. Sheldon Keefe clearly isn't reaching these guys. I don't know if it's a coaching thing. Um, but then we then we flip it over and. And you would go, like, what is Wayne Simmons here to do? Not play hockey because he's terrible. Jason Spezza is here to play hockey, but also he has a role in that. Like, are we looking at these guys? We can even include, you know, Jake Muzzin, Morgan Riley to an extent. Like, all these leaders in this group. Like, 
if the coaches can't reach them and the leaders can't reach them, like what do we do from here? Because clearly it is the mental side of the game, like you said earlier. And I don't know. No one seems to have answers for, for these guys to be able to actually perform. Yeah, there's there's two sides of it. You look at the one side, it's like, okay, Matthews, Marner, they're 23, 24, Willie's 25. You know, they're young. There's still a lot of room to grow. And I do believe that. I do think that it's it's way, way too early. Like some people are to give up on these guys, certainly career-wise. And then even for the season, like they can turn this around, but they have just shown us time and time again that there is some mental aspect to the game that they are clearly really lacking. Like just the the way that so like how many times in in the recent past have we seen this team it, like look at that sharks game they come out the first period did they play bad no but they just they were kind of sleepwalking through the game and then San Jose scores and who is it to wake them up it's Jason Spezza it's the thirty seven year old making seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars or whatever league minimum is this year and it's it's getting really annoying we saw it against Montreal game six. It was 2 nothing Habs. They were dominating the play. Marner and Matthews were nowhere to be found. And then who scores? Jason Spezza to drag this team into the fight. All of a sudden, Matthews and Marner wake up like, oh yeah, we can play hockey. We're really good at this. And of course, the bounces didn't go their way, but they played really well after that. And it would just be nice to see these guys take the initiative on themselves and and not have to be dragged into it by Jason Spezza or, or a veteran. And and we we tried last year, you know, like you said, we added Simmons. We added Thornton. They've had Patrick Marlowe before. They've had different guys and they've had different coaches. I think the answer really has to lie within with these guys. I know they've hired that new sports psychologist. Hopefully that can help them. But at some point it's got to come from inside and these guys have to just prove like, hey, we're going to we're gonna grab this game by the bootstraps and we're going to turn it around. Like this is a regular season game. This This doesn't truly matter even if they even if they do grab themselves by the bootstraps in this regular season it's not going to give me the full the full confidence going into the playoffs but it would be nice to at least see and I think I think you agree with me Lebda that this team is still not in my mind at all a threat to miss the playoffs and not like the true calamity that people are saying but we're just seeing a real real lack of mental strength from this team well, I think for um, coming from us too, like we have not let the playoffs, you know, cloud our judgment of this team. Like I know the season's young, but up to this point, but I think these last two games were, like we said earlier, like I said earlier, like this feels like the last two games of that Montreal series where for whatever reason, I don't like, I don't know what it is. These guys get in their own way and they just don't play hockey, whether they just don't think that they need to or whether there's just some kind of crazy block there. And like, yeah, like these are just the first two games where I'm like, oh, maybe this team, you know, hasn't changed at all. Maybe they need an actually huge shakeup. And I'm not necessarily, you know, saying a trade. Maybe like, maybe it is Sheldon keeps time. I don't know. I, I think that might be a bit of an overreaction, but who knows? Some Something needs to change in that room. I And I don't think it can come internally with these guys. I just, I think we're past that point. Like how much embarrassment would you need as a hockey player before you were like, oh, I actually need to give a hundred percent every time I step on the ice in this league, even if I am this good, like Matthews and Marner couldn't, can't face any more embarrassment than anyone else could in their career. I mean, they could keep trending, but like it, like there's something there and it has to be broken. 
I don't know if you need to put Mitch Marner on the fourth line. I don't need to know if you need to bench Austin Matthews. I don't know if you just need a new coach because maybe Sheldon Keefe isn't isn't the guy that's going to actually reach these guys. Something needs to penetrate them because this team, to me now, maybe they are the exact same as last year. They're still going to make the playoffs, no doubt in that, but there's no point in making the playoffs if you're not going to make it past the first round for the Leafs team. So I don't know. Yeah, I... I agree with you on the shakeup. I think a shakeup would be good for this team. I don't see it coming. Dubas has shown time and time again that he is kind of locked into this core four. You and I said it in the offseason. We said we wanted to explore a Marner trade just to see what was out there, to see if we could kind of reallocate the salary structure on this team and, and still get that first-line production for cheaper and, and then let us strengthen other areas of the team because we're, we're built in such a way that if our stars aren't going – we're pretty much toast. And and those same stars have shown time and time again that they're not truly built for the moment yet at this point in their careers. So it does it does create a real problem. Now, with that said, I truly don't see a shakeup coming. I think Dubas is locked into this team. And I don't I don't think like, you know, making moves around the edges are really gonna make a difference. You could you could trade Kerfoot and I'm all for that, clear the salary, you know. I'm all for trying to get a guy like Philip Forsberg at the deadline, try to really get a superstar. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to these stars. And we're basically going to have to ride or die with them for at least this year. I think if if they once again crumble in embarrassing fashion in the playoffs this year, then they will truly get blown up. And sadly, Kyle Dubas is probably going to be the guy who also takes the fall for that. But I think as far as this year goes, this this team is as locked in as can be. Yeah, I think I really want to emphasize, like, this is not, in my opinion, a problem with team construction. I think Kyle Dubas has done a fantastic job since he's been here. If you look at the Leafs' defense, it's the strongest, you know, it ever has been last year. This year, it's pretty much the same. I don't know what go what is going on with Jake Muzzin, but that's, you know, another issue that we will touch on. Um, and then the forwards, like, yeah, we lost Zach Hyman, but again, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner are the players they are they can turn another player into Zach Hyman that, you know, isn't making a ton of money. So, I, I, yeah, I, I really do not want to fault Kyle Dubas. I think, like you said, if they crash out and burn in the playoffs, it's just the cost of doing business, even though I don't think it's the right move. But, yeah, I, I, um, yeah this is a really, really, really frustrating um, – not frustrating podcast, but difficult one to make because I don't want to sound like total doom and gloom because the Leafs, you know, up to this point have still been, aside from that Pittsburgh game, you know – outplaying teams and just getting bad luck and all their top end players are getting bad luck, but you can't have bad luck in the playoffs. And when you're making that much money, you have to perform. And it's just like, boom, the flashbacks are coming of these last two games of the playoffs. So yeah, like you said, I don't think there's going to be a shakeup coming, but I do think this is where Sheldon Keefe needs to, you know, earn his coaching money and be like, Hey, I, you guys are out of chances here. I know I don't want to, you know, destroy the team around the room, but what's going on? He, Sheldon Keith needs to work with, like you said, that sports psychologist. Like they need to work with their team, and they need to sit sit these guys down and be like, "Listen, like enough is enough. You guys make X amount of dollars in the NHL. That means you need to step up. That means we are relying you as you know leaders and as core producers on this team. You two need to figure it out. And if you don't figure it out, you're not going to play. And that's what it has to be." I saw a lot of, you know, debate on Twitter being like, oh, like we should just bench Marner and Matthews and give other guys a chance. And people are like, no, like this is a good game for them to figure it out. But I think we need some tough love here. And I, I think if Sheldon keeps not the guy to do that, 
it's got to be bye bye Sheldon. Do I think Kyle Dubas is going to do it? No, but like that's what these guys need a little bit right now. Is is you know, okay, guys, it's time to you know put your big boy pants on and time to perform because everyone around you is going to lose your jobs when it's only your fault. Yeah, and. I, I got to say, I don't like I, in the off season, I was so mad at Keith for all of his power play decisions and things like that, that I was, I was fairly happy to see him get fired if he did, but we know he's a great, like uh five on five coach. We know that they they really thrived under him last year in the regular season. I don't think we need to reward this guy with a cookie of a new coach. I saw somebody suggest John Tortorella. That wouldn't be really a cookie of a reward for that. Cause he'd be, beating them down, but I don't want to even go down that path. I think the Leafs are maybe not an analytics team per se, but they're kind of built into a, a team building. Like Dubas and, and Keefe are kind of in lockstep with, with how they think a team should be built and how they want to do that. And I want to see them at least continue together with that kind of symmetry. But I just – I don't think it's going to come down to a new coach. I think it's the same thing. It's just got to come down to Marner and Matthews and to a lesser extent, Nylander and Tavares, because we they didn't they weren't at fault for the playoff failure last year. But it's just going to come down to these guys stepping up and proving they can do it when it matters. And you you look at so far this year, the Leafs, like you said, they have not really played bad at, from a analytics perspective, and that's why I'm not treating this like it's a total panic. Like I see a lot of like I bet you if you pulled fifty percent of Leafs Nation right now, they they're like, oh, we're not making the playoffs. I. You and I are both not close to that boat. At least right now, they're seventh in expected goals at 55%. And you could say, oh, expected goals, they don't matter that much. But if you look at last year's top 10 in expected goals, Colorado Avalanche, Montreal Canadiens, Toronto Maple Leafs, Dallas Stars, okay, there's a loss, Vegas Golden Knights, Florida Panthers, Cal- uh, Carolina Hurricanes, Calgary Flames, Boston Bruins. If you look, most of those teams are playoff teams. If you're If you're in the top 10 in expected goals, odds are – that you're going to be a playoff team and the Leafs are playing better than their record would show you. And that's without having Austin Matthews for three games. That's with losing a game to San Jose purely because you had a backup goalie. And even last night you could like, until that one, one goal, you could say they were playing fine, but it's, it's more that mental fragility that when things do go wrong, these guys need to learn how to cope. They need to find not I, I don't know if it's because they're putting too much pressure on themselves or what it is, but just as soon as the going gets tough, these guys don't get going. Yeah, and this is where I'll slightly disagree with you because in my mind, like that is what a coach is there to do. A coach is there to motivate, and we saw how unmotivated they were in the last game of the playoffs. Again, it, it's too early to make a bold statement like fire Sheldon Keefe. I'm, I'm not trying to say that this needs to happen now. But clearly, these guys are playing some unmotivated hockey. And to me, that it falls so much on the coach. Now, clearly, Austin Matthews and Mitch Barner have their own demons. And, you know, we've, we've seen it. They haven't been able to get themselves motivated for a long time. But they've only gone through two coaches. Maybe neither of them was the fit. I, I don't know. Um, and to that point, too, where you were saying, you know, maybe they're putting too much pressure on it. I think we're putting we're seeing two sides of things. I think Mitch Marner has way too much pressure on him. And he's, you know, he, he brought this on himself with his contract negotiations and with what he did and with what he said he was and what he demanded. So partially it is his fault. But like the expectations in Toronto, being a Toronto kid, being absolutely horrible in the playoffs, like that's a guy who's just has so much on his head. He's getting in his own way. And I think the other side of it is Austin Matthews is still just kind of a dumb kid like I watched that Leafs all or nothing documentary you can see how visibly upset Mitch Marner 
was. And you look at the interviews after the playoffs, like that dude was upset. That dude was mad. Like that dude was not handling it well. And then you look at Austin Matthews and it just looked like he just didn't give a crap. Now, maybe he's better at hiding his emotions, but I, I think we're, you know, Mitch Marner, too much pressure. Austin Matthews just hasn't realized that he needs to dominate games yet. And again, it's early in the season, but we're just seeing trends from, you know, kind of last year. So I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm saying I don't know a lot because I genuinely don't know, but it, it's starting to just get so worrying with these two guys that I mean, like, what was it? Ovechkin didn't win a cup till he was what? 30. So like, sometimes players do take time it's just some players don't even win at all either so i don't know with these guys but something's got to click at some point because like like i said earlier like everyone else is going to lose their jobs except for austin matthews and mitch marner even if it is their fault which it was last year and it's starting to trend like it is this year well and and you make a good point about matthews and his kind of nonchalant nature now I don't, I don't know if we can, it, maybe that's a strength. Maybe that's an ability to not let the pressure get to him and that will help him perform. But it was a bit concerning in that ESPN interview wh- where he talked about the fans in Toronto and how sometimes like almost basically blamed them for getting mad about the Leafs failing. And he's like, he's like, they just, like he almost talked down to the Leafs fans as though they aren't, they aren't justified in being as angry as they were about the playoffs. And he's, he's like, sometimes they just care too much and they do like, it's like, no dude, you guys completely blew it last year. But like, you're supposed to be the second or third best player in the NHL and you didn't show up. Like that blame lies on you and solely on you. Don't blame the fans. Don't say anything like that when you are the one that screwed up. So maybe he does need to take responsibility in, in those kind of scenarios. Yeah, I mean, that interview was disgusting. Like, how can you blame fans for being upset when arguably one of the worst playoff teams ever was your first-round opponent and you blew a 3-1 lead to them? Like, And not to mention you blew a, a – or you lost a playoff round to a Columbus team that was horrible the year before too. Like, maybe you get a pass for your first couples because you're so young, you're playing teams that are better than you. But that's two of, you know, the biggest embarrassments or biggest upsets in sports that we've seen in a while in the NHL. And yeah, you have the, you know, you're shifting the blame onto someone else other than yourself. Like, it's just, again, it's just little, little glimpses of seeing what, what these guys are thinking, what they're going through. And it's very, very concerning that, you know, in interviews and stuff, he's like not putting the blame on himself. And maybe, I, I don't know if he's trying to save face or is, you know, publicist is trying to you know deflect from him and giving him things to say but like you got to start taking accountability because someone else is going to be accountable for this team even if it's not their fault yeah and now I think we should move on to some other topics here and I just want to say before we get into that if we look at the stats for Austin Matthews this year 66% expected goals zero goals for he hasn't been on for a Leafs goal this year and he actually got robbed of one last night on a complete BS goaltender interference call on Michael Bunting. I know it would have only made the game 6-2 at the time, but still, it would have been nice to see Matthews break the seal. And then you look at Marner, 53% expected goals. Willie, 65%. John Tavares, 57%. So, again, we're not concerned with the talent of these guys, and we know that they're going to break through in the regular season. It's just these these concerns are just more in how they're going to deal with high-pressure moments in the playoffs. Now, if we are going to talk about one thing that has been extremely concerning this year, that has been the play of Jake Muzzin. He has, he has looked an absolute shell of himself. He was, 
you and I said it countless times last year. He was our most important defenseman. Uh, he's our best two-way player, and he just has not looked right this year. And I think he's nursing an injury because the Leafs said that it was a that he had a maintenance day before. And if he's nursing an injury, Levda, I don't see how they don't sit him. Yeah, I don't know if this is one of those things where the Leafs like cap restrictions are are stopping them, and they don't want to put Muzzin on like LTIR. And but I don't know. I do not understand. Why at this point in the season you need to force a guy who's clearly like Jake Muzzin is not healthy. You're just watching him play like guys don't lose that much ability over a summer. It, it's not possible unless something, you know, catastrophic injury wise happened that we don't know about. Like it doesn't happen. He's clearly just not 100 percent and he just can't, you know, get himself up to that game speed right now. Like this is again where where Sheldon Keefe needs to put his, you know, big boy coaching pants on and be like, listen. Like, we need to sit this guy. This guy's not right. It's not something that he's just going to play through. They did it with Matthews where he just played through his wrist, and then, look, he needed wrist surgery this year and missed the beginning of the year. Like, clearly something is wrong with Jake Muzzin. Sit him. Rest him. You have seven NHL defensemen, you know. Maybe there's a little bit of awkwardness there, but, you know, you put Travis Dermott with Justin Hall and hope they don't get absolutely caved in, and then you let your other two guys play against weaker competition. Like, there is options there. And especially if you time it properly, like if these stars who have been performing well can actually, you know, get it through and start popping off a little bit. You time that, you sit Jake Muzzin, you don't need the defenseman as much because these guys are absolutely dominating the game. Like the Leafs will be fine doing it, but they need to do it or else we're going to have, you know, another first round where, oh, game two, there goes Jake Muzzin because he was forced to play all year injured and now he's just completely dead come playoff time. Yeah, and... And he's had some like some visible mistakes that have looked really bad. If you look at his numbers as a whole, he's been on for, at even strength, he's been on the ice for three goals for, and he's been on the ice for nine goals against. So he's got a 25% goals for percentage. But if you look at his expected goals, he is a, a, at 52%. If you look at the high danger chances while he's on the ice, it's 50-50 right down the middle. So I'm sure part of this is kind of our bias towards just seeing the puck go in the net, seeing him be on the ice constantly and that making us think that he's really playing poorly, but you can see he has, he is something is wrong with him. And although Timothy Lilligren in his two games has not exactly been lighting the world on fire, he's actually last on the team and expected goals and, and high danger chances, but it's a two game sample size and he looked really good in the preseason. And I just think, yeah, if, if Muzzin is nursing something, you said it. Even even if it is a downgrade right now to go to to go to Lilligren, you have to put up with that. Even if Muzzin misses 20 games, this team should be good enough that they can qualify for the playoffs while having a bit of a downgrade on defense. If this is all about winning in the playoffs anyway. So if you're gonna just break Muzzin's body down all year, we saw them do the same thing with Matthews. I still to this day, I still think we would have been better off if we just sat him for six weeks in the middle of the season when we didn't really need him to play. But no, they played him and he was terrible in the playoffs. You could blame that on Matthews or you might be able to blame it on the wrist that required surgery. So I just, I don't see what the what the deal is with, with Keith and Dubas with playing guys through injury. Obviously, they have more access to their medical records and stuff, but it just, it doesn't make sense to me why they don't rest these kinds of players. Yeah, it just seems like they're forcing things unnecessarily. And and maybe Jake Muzzin's completely fine and we're just, you know, overblowing this injury thing. But I, I, like I said earlier, I don't I don't think a player goes from being as good as he was in the playoffs last year to just falling off a complete um, cliff 
like I said, maybe it's some kind of salary cap thing. I, I, I don't know the salary cap well enough. Maybe they're just trying trying to, you know, get every extra dollar they can. So they're like, ah, I guess we're just going to play this guy. Or maybe well, it's I don't, type- I don't think it would be a salary cap thing because you have Timothy Lilligren on the roster. So if- Yeah, like they could just they could just sit him without doing anything. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, or maybe it's just some kind of, like, injury that is never going to get worse by playing but we also thought that about, that matthews. about matthews yeah. yeah and then he needed wrist surgery so it's like it's just such a it's such a bizarre situation or maybe they're both just absolute complete idiots and feel the need that they just need to force jake muzzin to you know do something maybe they are worried about making the playoffs and they don't think this team's actually good enough but i mean if you didn't think that then they would have made changes in the summer so it's just a bizarre kind of head scratcher and it's not the first player that we've seen them do this with so I don't know. Maybe they're just naive, but I I think they need to. I think they need to get a lot better at managing their players because we even saw it with Simmons and Spezza playing all year last year. Like those guys need. Like they're old man. They're old hockey players. Their bodies are banged up and bruised. Like you want these guys fresh in the playoffs. That's all that matters. So let's give these guys some rest. Well, and and you say Simmons and and uh, Spezza. I think even to a greater extent, Matthews and Marner, why were these guys playing 25 minutes a game all year in a condensed season when we're 20 points ahead of a playoff spot? It makes no sense. So I think I do wonder if, if they're kind of too much in the strategy of let's win tonight instead of being like, Hey, we're good. Let's, let's take a longer term approach. And I'm surprised because you would, you would think that, you know, you would think that a guy like Dubas would, would have more of a long-term approach, but he, yeah, it just it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me with the way they kind of are managing players for the long term. Yeah, and we see how smart Kyle Dubas is with these little like one year deals and even getting Michael Bunting on a two year deal. Like all his moves with his team seem like he is looking a little bit to the future as well as trying to win right now. And then all of a sudden, you know, with like the Jake Muzzin stuff and all like all this stuff we're talking about, all of a sudden there's just no, you know looking ahead it's just in the moment so i don't know if this is like just a sheldon keith thing and that or maybe their team doctors aren't doing their due diligence being like hey like this guy's hurt like sit him rest him instead of being you know you know that like classic hockey thing like no i'm gonna play like maybe they need to just take it out of the player's hands maybe they need a doctor to have a stronger voice with with their players and being like listen like yeah i'm sure you're you know fine to play or whatever but you're going to be a much better hockey player if you sit for a week or two in there. So, yeah, I don't know whose voice it needs to come from, but as an outsider looking in, it feels like there is a bit of a voice lacking um, in terms of managing players' health at this point with this team. Yeah, it's a classic player thing. They're always going to want to play. I I don't understand totally why. I guess maybe they just think they're invincible, but you you have to absolutely step up and say, dude, you don't look good this is for the better of all of us. If you just sit and I really, I, I hope the Leafs can do a little bit more load management, but the way that they dealt with the start of this season has me pretty skeptical. And even you look at Matt, like Marner's minutes this year, he's still been like last night, he only played 20, but that was because it was a blowout, but you still see him around 22, 23, 24 minutes. It's like, why are you burning this, this guy out all year? Like, like I was listening to the Maple Leafs hot stove podcast and they were like, Anthony Petrelli was saying, like, I can see Marner looks like he's pacing himself at times because he's got to do the penalty kill. He's got to play the power play. And he, he plays like 
18 minutes at even strength. So maybe the way to really unlock Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews is to say, you know what, boys, go gangbusters for, for 18, 19 minutes instead of go, going through 23, 24 minutes. We can, we can have David Kampf shut down an extra minute or two every game. And, and who knows, maybe we'll see the results of it. And, and the funny thing is, it's kind of the opposite of Babcock. Like, like with, with Babcock, it was always give Matthews more playing time. He was playing Matthews 18 minutes. He wasn't playing his stars enough. And he, we always wanted him to try Marner and Matthews together. And now he's reversed it to where we can't separate Matthews and Marner for the life of us. And they're both playing way too much. Yeah, th- that's definitely a thing. I, I'm almost in the camp where you need to take Mitch Marner off the penalty kill just to give his, him a break. Um, but again, the rest of our lineup, I don't know if we necessarily can fill that void and the penalty kill is obviously quite important. So yeah, like just like it's the, I hate to say it, but like, it's the regular season. These games, they matter over the course of a whole season, but like one individual game doesn't necessarily matter as much. Like just keep these guys fresh until the playoffs. Obviously you want them in full game shape. And obviously, if there's a really close game against, you know, maybe Montreal, you're you're tied in the third period and you just absolutely let these guys let loose. But like manage these guys like they don't need to be playing 24 minutes a night ever, especially when Willie Nylander starts the season off as well as he did. Like they those two lines should be playing even whether it's 18 minutes, you know, 19, whatever it is. And then the rest of your line steps up. I think one of the problems, too, with with these guys is our fourth line is so bad now it. I think it has been a little bit improved with Pierre Angball or it will improve over time with Pierre I, Angball. I gotta, I gotta tell you, Lebda, Wayne Simmons, as much as we've ripped on him, he has been pretty good this year, man. He is, he's doing exactly what we wanted. He's seventh on the team in expected goals at 56%. Like with, like you said, with adding Angball on that line, Spets's expected goals are up to 57%. I think right now they're a really good fourth line. And it was kind of nice to see Simmons be one of the guys who actually showed a little heart yesterday and beat the crap out of Brian Boyle. I know it doesn't mean anything, but I, I got to say, I'm fine with Wayne Simmons right now. See, I was actually going to talk about that as being like, like, why is Wayne Simmons fighting in the sick, like in the last minute of the, or in the last half of a third period of a seven, one game? Like, why is he not trying to do things earlier in the game when it actually can make a difference? And that's been like one of my frustrations. And like you said, he's been he's been fine this year. Like it is what it is, but I still think that's not a fourth line you can actually give meaningful minutes to. I mean, you could probably say that about most fourth lines. But like I think that's another problem about about having, you know, Jason Spezza and Wayne Simmons on a line is that it can't quite be trusted. Um, and like you have these guys in for leadership or whatever. Um, so I understand that they maybe do play a role in their team, but I think that maybe is in Sheldon Keith's mind where I'm like, oh, I can't play these guys too much. So I overplay my stars and then everyone's tired at the end of the year and everyone falls apart and we face another just huge embarrassment in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's really, it's really um, annoying that like Sheldon Keith can't figure out these line combinations or taking Mitch Marner off when he's not playing well, giving William Nylander the minutes, you know, he deserved. And that that's more of a last year problem. It's it hasn't fixed itself because it's too early in this season, but so we'll, we'll see. But yeah, I, I think this is one of Sheldon Keefe's biggest downfalls is, is his deployment of, you know, all his players in general. Agreed. And, and maybe with that fourth line, it's not so much like, you don't have to take these guys completely off the team, but maybe it's instead of only trusting them for 10 minutes a night on the fourth line, every game, 
Maybe you, maybe you rotate them in and out and that way you can trust them for 13, 14 minutes and you don't have to tax Austin Matthews on a Tuesday night game against, I don't know, Washington. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You put Jason Spezza on Matthews and Marner's wing for a shift and then you throw Nick Ritchie down on the fourth line and give them an extended run. Like there's ways to do it without just keeping these concrete lines. Like I'm sure Jason Spezza would love a shift with Matthews and Marner and I'm sure Marner and Matthews would love a shift with Jason Spezza. He's too old. His legs have gone a little bit. He can't do it all the time, but he can certainly do it every now and then. We've seen what he can do on the power play. Like he can certainly handle, you know, those kind of minutes in the offensive zone, not in the defensive zone. So yeah, there's lots of ways to shift things around and, and, you know, just ease off these guys, especially like if things keep progressing the way they are, you'd hope that, you know, the top end guys start feeling the pressure. And if they're feeling the pressure and still playing 23 minutes a night and still struggling to score, like that's when you get into these big, big, like downward spirals where you're like, how did this team finish, you know, fourth last this year when they had that much talent? Not that I think that's going to happen. To be honest, like I'm not that panicked about the team because, you know, a lot of this did have a very negative side and we're, we're very worried about some things. Um, but as a whole, they've been playing fine. They're shooting like just a ridiculously low amount. Um, you mean low percent? Like, yeah, sorry, a low percentage. Um, so honestly, like 35%, like I'm not that worried about this team. Just a lot of what we talked about tonight for me has just been like, it looks like the last year's playoffs. So we're just, we're just touching on things that could, you know, continue to fester and continue to roll and actually get into a big amount of panic. But so far from what I've seen in the team and all the games that I've watched, like I'm not that worried. The, the math says it's going to, you know, turn around for them and they're going to go on a huge streak and we're all going to forget about this start. Then they do what they do in the playoffs. My hands are up with that one. I don't know. But as of right now, like, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm not that that worried about this hockey team. Yeah, you and I are pretty much on the same page here. I'd probably give it like a four or a five out of ten. And none of that is about the regular season. It's just it's my concern comes from the fact that we're seeing the same trends that we've seen year over year with these guys, whether it's losing to a backup go- or a emergency backup goalie, you know, just giving away a 3-1 lead to Montreal. We've just seen this team time and time again when when they're given a layup like they were last night with a Pittsburgh team that was missing like 17 of its best 18 players and we we fold. So that is disappointing. But at the same time, we're six games into an 82-game season. And I I just think back at the end of every season, I don't remember what happened in the first two weeks. So it's going to be the same thing. And I'm I'm past the point of saying that adversity is good for this team because they've been through enough adversity. I'd rather they just show that they have the mental fortitude. But this team's this team's really talented. They're going in this week. They're going to face the Hurricanes, the Blackhawks, the Red Wings, and then they got the Golden Knights next Tuesday. So a big four games coming up for this team. You know, they come up with a with a big win against Carolina on on Monday, and all of a sudden, you know, the the ship's going right back in the right direction. So call me a four or a five, but. It, most of it's just about the playoffs. Yeah, a hundred percent. We're we're pretty much on the same page. Like this team, it's it's a playoff team at this point. How it's constructed, things are going to turn around. They're going to make the playoffs. It's just all worrying signs that they're you know once again not going to get it done in the playoffs. 
I think we are all done here, Lebda. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will be back to doing our uh, regular post-game wrap-ups back on it this week and hopefully keeping that trend going for every game this year. Right, Lebdi? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much my fault. My work gets in the way. I do work evenings. So uh, we we do what we can and, you know, within our schedules. But, yeah, we're, we're still very committed and we're still going to try and get everything. And, um, you know. It is what it is sometimes. But, yeah, thank you very much to everyone for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at BudsAllDayCast. And have a good day.